Yes, yes. Omega Watts in the house. Now, now, now let me set the table. Now, now, now let me set the table. Invited to the banquet. I'm glad that you can make it. Invited to the banquet. I'm glad that you can make it. Any questions I ask myself when I question myself? What's up, table fam? Wow, it's so good to be here in this in this new venue. It's just taking it in for a second is just incredible. The hearing everybody singing new wine together when the acoustic car dropped out is just like did I say acoustic car? <laughs> I mean I guess you could drive a guitar somewhere, but um man, that was just very moving to hear everybody singing together. Um if this is your first time here, or first time in a long time, or if you've been going here since the pre-COVID days, I just want to welcome you here tonight. Um, if, if we haven't met, my name is Dan. Um, the last time I spoke at the table was actually my first sermon at the table. And as I've listened back to it, um, I should have warned y'all that I have dyslexia before I decided to read a whole passage of scripture. Um, I know I do. Thank you, Aiden. Um, it, and uh, if you weren't there, I was the single guy preaching about singleness, and I know what you're thinking. Uh, Dan, are you still single? <clears throat> I, I, I will at least say that I am no longer as single as I was back then. <laughs> but in the eyes of the Lord and the eyes of the IRS, I'm still single. <laughs> All right, so... Um, Tonight, as we kind of get into the best advice I never got, I kind of want to set up some things first with a bit of my story and then a warning that I wish I'd received, and then we'll kind of get into the best advice I never got. But first, I would like to uh, invite us to come to God in prayer real quick. Um, And as we bow our heads and prepare to pray, I want to ask that you first pray that you will have receptive hearts and minds to this message and that God will provide you with the willingness to take the next steps that he calls you to. But also I ask in this moment that you will pray that I will be able to deliver this message that God has laid on my heart. And God, I want to thank you for giving me and my friends here this place and this community to come and gather together in your name. And I just pray that you will uh, use tonight's message, but also just the friendships you support us with to arm us for the battles of life uh, that we face day in and day out. And I just pray that you will fill me with the Holy Spirit and your word to speak. As it's in your holy, precious name, Father. Amen. All right. So, once upon a time, in the age of innocence, back before the Phantom Menace, uh, I met my first best friends who lived across the street. They were Sir Thomas the Hardheaded and Hunter the Barefooted. And together we would build forts and we mastered the art of neighborhood-wide hide-and-seek. And we also sustained many head injuries. Um, the two that I can remember, um, Thomas once launched a wooden brick into his face with like this homemade catapult that he had. And the one I got, someone said, heads up! And I was like, what? And then, bam, I got a Frisbee right to the eyelid. I guess you could say I didn't see that one coming. (laughs) But so, um, 
there was this one day that me and Thomas and Hunter are playing in the, the, the cove, and all of a sudden, Thomas and Hunter just start sprinting down the street, and they're yelling, Jake! And I was like, Jake! And I just followed along, and I, I ran and met this new kid who lived at the, the corner of the cove, and he soon became my best friend because of the association that he had with Thomas and Hunter. Um, I, I, for the sake of the, the story, I'm going to just call him Jake the Two-Wheeler because um, uh, it was actually on his bike that I learned how to ride with no training wheels. So shout out to Jake. Um, uh, from that point on, whether it was across the street or down the street, we were always inviting ourselves to each other's houses. And uh, even after Thompson Hunter moved to the, the mystical land of Arkansas, um, Jake and I still remained best friends and we enjoyed all kinds of adventures, whether it was carpooling, uh, home from school, or I kid you not, it's a literal story that we don't have time to get into, we can save it for later, but we once robbed a jewelry store. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but the point I'm getting at is that uh, childhood friendships tend to occur very naturally because of the convenience of the provided structures that we have uh, in the day-to-day -day life of that time in our lives, whether that's friends in your neighborhood or family friends, you know, some people are friends with their cousins, um, school, recess, uh, church and Sunday school for some of us. And as we get older in college, it's like fraternities, extracurriculum clubs, dorms, or intramurals. Um, but these are things that are not necessarily naturally abundant in the post-college life. And so the warning that I wish I had received was that adult friendships are harder than childhood friendships. Um, and by adult friendships, I mean uh, friendships that we make uh, and maintain during and after college. Uh, so ha has anybody else felt how hard it can be to maintain adult friendships? I see, oh, I see a few hands. Cool. Class participation. Um, there's, there's so many challenges of adult friendships. There's, you know, scheduling and responsibilities. You know, you got friends with big boy jobs, big girl jobs. And then there's a lot of people that are kind of working towards building a family. So you've got the, the friends that are getting married and the friends that are having kids now. Shout out to the Trevinos and Vera Victoria. Um, there's also technology. Uh, social media can be kind of like a weird thing to navigate with adult friendships because you, you know, like the, the friend and follow count to loneliness ratio is kind of weird. Uh, there's also sin and guilt and shame that kind of comes in as we become more of an adult. You know, there's, there's gossip and there's uh, sex and relationships, which, I mean, when Harry met Sally, he got it right in many ways, but um, it just complicates things. We have conflicts, we have disagreements and hurt or avoidance of conflict, and we have difficult people, whether they're uh, toxic or unteachable or people that bring out the worst in us or others that seem to be always stuck in a rut and no matter what we do, we can't help them. But there's also, I think one of the biggest ones for me is kind of like the abandonment we have with seasonal friends, whether it's um, you know the fact that we live in Orlando which is a very transient city, so people kind of come, work here, stay here for about a year or two, and then they move on. Um, in fact, I can think of all these uh, factors that I've experienced in my 2018 friendships with some of my coworkers, because we were always hanging out on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, which kept me isolated 
from my church community. And Sunday nights, uh, Sunday mornings, I had this not-so-mysterious headache and a sensitivity to light and sound because of Saturday nights. Um, <laughs> but but as, I, as I got in 2018, as I was starting to kind of hit rock bottom because of the fallout of some relational and familial drama, I confessed my brokenness to one of my friends, and uh, they told the rest of our friend group, and all at once that friend group completely abandoned me. Um, but I th so I, along with my story, I'm, you might be able to relate, but I think in all of our adult friendships, we experience pain, conflict, and exhaustion. Uh, the pain of loss or disappointment, betrayal. Uh, there's conflict through disagreements or uh, maybe not disagree or, or disagreeing but avoiding the disagreement or being wrong and refusing to admit that you're wrong or coming up against rebukes. But also there's exhaustion and burnout from the perpetual cycles of friendship building and loss. Something I like to call farewell fatigue because I know in my life I'm just so tired of saying goodbye to people. Um, but as we grow older, loving one another uh, becomes less convenient and more challenging. So the big question I kind of want to ask us tonight is, how do we navigate the challenges of adult friendship? And if I had a, com uh, I'm going to confess right now, uh, my natural tendency is to want to be alone in the woods or the mountain. Um, I've dealt with lots of seasons of abandonment and isolation, and I don't always navigate friendship very well. Um, but I'm not here to preach as a hypocrite. Uh, rather, I just want to share some lessons and insights that I've kind of gone through as I continue my walk uh, daily. And, but thankfully, God has provided us with a book of wisdom for strengthening our relationships with one another, as well as deepening our relationship with Him. So the main verse I want to start on tonight is Proverbs 27, uh, 17. And that is, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Now, um, most modern sword forging today is used uh, a, a, a form of steel. I could nerd out all about it, but I'm not going to right here. I'm going to save you that. Um, but in the context of the Bible, iron was most commonly used. Uh, and the sharpening process, uh, whether it's sharpening iron or forging a sword, it requires a lot of friction, a lot of heat, and a lot of, well, I, I guess the best way to word it is constructive clashing, you know, with a hammer. Um, this, when, I, when I think about this, I just, my brain immediately goes to Lord of the Rings because it goes to Lord of the Rings for everything, if you know me. Um, and this is uh, what comes to mind is uh, Enduril, the Flame of the West, which was forged from the shores of Narsil. And if you know what I'm talking about, just amen to that. Um, but in life, uh, when we seek to be firm and strong and resolved as iron or restored, restored and prepared for the battles of life. You can't sharpen iron on materials that are flimsy or brittle. Uh, it's just like trying to prepare for the gymnastics or uh, gymnastics at the Olympics 
in a fourth grader class. It's just not, it doesn't quite work out. It's kind of like, you know, when we're kids, we have those foam swords. And then when we grow up a little bit more, we might have like a wooden sword. But then when we actually charge into the battles of adulthood, we've got steel or iron swords. You tracking with me? Yes. Did I lose you? No. <laughs> okay, just checking. Um, if, if you try to, so if you try to sharpen your sword with someone who's charging into life's battles with foam swords, you're just going to end up kind of cutting them to pieces, you know? Or, or, or maybe if you, if you try to sharpen your sword in a relationship with a friend who's charging into life's battles with a wooden sword, all you're going to do is cause them to splinter, and they're going to hurt everybody that they come in contact with. So um, as, as, as we think through... Um, what does it look like, or why should we uh, use our friendships to sharpen each other? Um, the best advice I never got was that God can use friendships to forge character. Uh, this is not intended to be a message about tough love, as uh, Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen often is. Rather, this is how God can utilize the conflicts in our friendships to strengthen our relationships, but also deepen the individual character for facing the battles of life. As we face the battles of life, we brandish our lives as iron swords side by side, and sometimes we will take damage. Um, if we choose not to live this life uh, or face the battles of life, instead we'll end up rusting away or our, our character will kind of corrode. Um, so in order to stay sharp and ready for whatever life throws at us, uh, we must surround ourselves with close friends who keep us sharp. So, you might be asking, what does iron sharpening friendship look like? Um, honestly, I think friendship should, should be about something. Um, friendship is often, uh, it comes in, in our lives when we share something in common with somebody, or there's some kind of common interest that binds us and brings us together. Um, adult friendships often can be built on flimsy, fickle things that kind of pass like hobbies, jobs, or just simple convenience, uh, as, as my 2018 friendships were, mostly surrounded around the love of photography and the fact that we all worked at the same place. Um, but if, what, what if we built our friendships on something a little bit more lasting? Uh, I, th I believe that the friendships and relationships in which God is that something that binds us together uh, those are the ones that are going to last longer and build and strengthen us over time. Um, and there, there's many different examples of friendship in the Bible that exemplify this, such as uh, Jonathan and David or David and his mighty men. Um, but I think all of these biblical friendships I point to the ultimate friend, and that's Jesus, who is the friend of sinners. Um, when he first called his disciples, he said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And, and he, he was meeting them where they, where they were at. And he said, come as you are, live with me, walk with me, serve with me, but don't stay as you are. He was calling them to become who they were created to be in order to glorify God. Jesus met them as ordinary fishermen but he was challenging them 
to change into extraordinary fishers of men. Um, and so uh, at, they, they, they do this ministry, they live their lives with Jesus, and they, they start to participate in the, in the work that he's doing and being, bearing witness to all that he's done. And so before he goes to the cross, he has this moment with them where he says this. It's in John 15. I think it might be up on your screens. Um, but he says, My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay one's life down for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I call you friends. For everything I have learned from the Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. Um, and the three things that I kind of think through as, I'm, as I've read that a lot is that um, Jesus didn't wait for the disciples to initiate. He loved first. Um, he also um, desires that his friends bear fruit. And it's the fruit that is love because he loved. And also the sacrificial love that he, he not just talks about in this moment, but then he demonstrates later um, as a laying down of his life. And that's, it's a kind of love that goes beyond convenience. And thankfully, uh, God has blessed me with friendships that exemplified Jesus' friendship. But hold on, I gotta get a drink of water. <laughs> I put the straw in here wrong too. All right. That's also my like, drink some water so you don't cry when you talk about your friends kind of thing. Anybody else do that? Just me? Mm. All right. Um, I'm, uh, as I, uh, I'm going to use this just a quick moment to shout out some of my friends because they remind me of Proverbs 18.24 because uh, it says there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And in 2019, as I was kind of uh, finally recuperating from the, the, the rock bottom, a lot of my friendships at the table began to push me on uh, the journey to becoming more focused on pursuing God. Um, and the first person was Alec Brockell, who unfortunately couldn't be here tonight. But um, he was the one who, if, if I could reword Jesus' invitation, he said essentially, Come with me, and I will make you a photographer for God. <laughs> uh, and he, he invited me to participate in serving on the production team at the table. And that, started, uh, that was like a whole three-year journey that actually I was able to finally kind of pass on to someone else this past Tuesday. Um, I also want to shout out Isaac Trevino, Josh Celestin, and David Branch because they were unbelievably encouraging and spoke a lot of wisdom in my life, I, especially David Branch, because like there was, there was a moment in life where I was like, I don't know what direction in life to go. Should I do this? Should I do that? Should I go this way? Because everybody else is saying, go this way. And then he was like, mm, no. And all I needed was that one no, and it was great. Um, but also, uh, there've also been a lot of seasonal friends that have come and gone. Um, 
<laughs> um, a lot of, uh, ever since when I was a kid, there was like, friends always moved away. Um, and there was one friend who moved away and then came back, and he was the first friend to ever come back. His name's Logan Foster. Um, and this guy has the patience and the, uh, the love and care and attention to put together a 12-hour back-to-back Lord of the Rings Extended Edition Marathon. <laughs> and it doesn't stop there. He also did every single Hobbit meal throughout the movie marathon when we were doing breaks. So we had luncheon, we had tea, we had breakfast, second breakfast, you name it, we had it. And he cooked beautiful food. Um, but um, enough bragging about my friends. How, how do we sharpen one another in our friendships? Um, this isn't about how to win or influence, uh, win friends and influence people um, or uh, manipulating people to our desires as if they're puppets or even to use people to escape loneliness. Um, but this is to pursue deeper relationship with one another and, both of, uh, and in our friendships, our friendship and each other are better because of it. So the, the first uh, bit of... Uh, advice that I wish that I had gotten was to love on purpose. Um, this doesn't happen on accident. Uh, friendships don't occur naturally, so they must be intentionally initiated. Um, we have to actively pursue the interests of one another rather than expecting the others to do all the friend work for our interests. Um, and when we're together, we have to be fully present or as they kind of say in the South, wherever you're there, be all, wherever you are, be all there. So we have to be all there with our friends. Because um, uh, in, in childhood, it was very convenient to have friendships because they're there. But now that we, we kind of live with a lot of social media, the algorithms kind of set the convenience for selling you a product and not so much to connect you with friends. So it's kind of like we have to put in the extra work to do it ourselves. Um, so some of the ways I thought of, uh, two easy ways to do this is to set reminders or like mark your calendars of a day that you can reach out to your friend. Um, or um, if, dude, this is so easy. If you think about them, let them know. And dudes, I'm talking to you too. It's okay to be like, dude, uh, I was thinking about you today. <laughs> Lord of the Rings, man. <laughs> Because I've got several friends in here who can attest to that I've done that. Like, I, I saw that scene in Return of the King, and I was crying because I thought about you, man. Um, but to, to, to the friends in here who experienced the exhaustion or the burnout from always being the one reaching out, I completely sympathize with you because I've felt that too. Um, but have those of us who feel that way, who always feel like we're giving more love and not receiving love, have you shared that vulnerably with your friends and asked them, like, have you let them know, like, hey, I, I reach out a lot to you. Have you, uh, can, can you reach out to me? Because I, I would very appreciate it. And let them know how much it means to you that they've reached out. Um, 
And, and, and along with this point, I kind of want us to think through some questions. You can write them down or uh, take a picture of the screen. Um, the, the question could be, uh, who are the three friends that I can message or spend time with this week? And, and I know, like, for as introverts, that's like, nope, I don't want to reach out. I don't want to hang out with people. Trust me, it works. Um, and even if, you, if it's not meeting someone in person, you can ask them, how can I serve you? Or how can I help you? Or how can I pray for you? All right, and the, the second point is going to be um, encourage vulnerability. Uh, this, this, one was, this one took me a while to get used to because um, what I mean by encouraging vulnerability is sharing the deeper parts of our hearts mutually with somebody. Uh, but this isn't everybody because uh, Jesus loved everybody, but he also had his 12 disciples. And of the 12 disciples, he also had his, uh, his three closest, Peter, James, and Paul. Uh, no, Peter, James, and John. Thank you, my seminary friends. Um, <laughs> uh, so it, you don't have to share your heart so deeply with everybody, but just your trusted friends. Um, and this is like trusted counsel, but there's like a fine line of being trusting, trusted counsel and someone's therapist. And if they ain't paying you, you can kind of just be like, hey, have you talked to somebody else about this? Um, but also, uh, we have to kind of know the difference between vulnerability and complaining. Um, but when, when people are vulnerable with you, cherish it. Like, don't take advantage of it. And then after they're vulnerable with you, encourage them. There's always something you can say to show how much you appreciate that they were open with you, but also that you value their trust. And um, as I mentioned earlier, when you think through who to, uh, to be vulnerable with and who not to be vulnerable with, think of who are the, the friends in your life that sharpen you like iron, or who are the people that are kind of corrosive and kind of deteriorate? Because Proverbs uh, 16, 28 talks about the troublemakers and the gossips and how they can disintegrate friendships. So um, also with sharing vulnerability, I want us to be aware that sometimes in adult friendship, we can highly challenge others to try to fill the gap that only God can fill. And so we still need to be walking with wisdom with how much we share, but we should be sharing. Um, so the question I'm think we, we, should, we could think through is, who are my sharpest friends whom I can trust? Um, and this is, uh, when we think through in what ways can I op- be more open with my trusted friends, um, it, it can be baby steps. Sometimes, um, I know when, when I was trying to figure out how to be vulnerable with people after my entire friend group leaving me because I talked about how broken I was, um, I had to take baby steps. It was kind of like, a, um, sometimes it was, the, mo- the most I could do was, I'm not doing great. And then having someone like Alec or DB say, that sucks, man, and I'm here for you, and I thank you for telling me that this is how you feel instead of just saying, oh, I'm fine. Uh, so uh, the, the, the biggest life-changing advice 
following vulnerability that I've learned is understanding and respecting no. Because um, we kind of have to understand that life does exist outside of our friendships. So we have to exercise our no's in order to protect our yeses. Um, is everybody familiar with the word no in here? Because <laughs> in English it's in Spanish, it's no. in Portuguese, no. in Francais, no. no. In German, no. nein. Okay. <laughs> um, so I, let's 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 do a little bit of an exercise right here. Um, I'm gonna say a phrase, and then you're gonna practice the word no. Okay. So can you give me 25 hours of your day? Cool. Um, can you do my adulting for me? No. Okay. Can you break up with this person for me? No. Is this sermon going well? Yes. Okay. <laughs> see, see, what you did there is you protected your yes, and I felt appreciated for that. <laughs> All right. Um, but but um, as we think through how our nose or kind of thinking through... Um, how we can respect each other's boundaries and friendships, just remember that relationships make requests, not demands. Um, and I also want to kind of caution us, uh, when I first learned, or I guess relearned the word no as an adult, um, I kind of wanted to say it for everything. So I said no to, I was like a toddler. I was like, no, no matter what you ask me. Um, but if we, if we over sharpen, or no, it's kind of like if you over sharpen a pencil, then you just have very little to give. So again, that's something we can exercise with wisdom. And the question I want us to think through uh, is where in my friendships do I need to be saying no? And that's a tough one. All right, and so the last bit of advice I wish that I received, and this is something I struggle with very much so if you know me, because I avoid conflict like crazy. Step into conflict and forgiveness together. Um, Proverbs 24, 26 tells us to give an honest answer. Um, so we speak the truth, but let's, do, let's remember to speak the truth to one another with grace. Um, the wounds of a friend can be trusted, but there's still ways to be able to, to, to tell the truth to someone and not baby them, but also not baby them without telling the truth. Um, and uh, I'm reminded of Hebrews 10, uh, 24 through 25, when he says, let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting meeting together, as, a, as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another. So I think as we think through the conflicts that we have in our friendships, for me, it's easy to just kind of like do what I've learned with my family and to just kind of like sweep it under the rug, say, I'm, it doesn't bother me. Or, but so um, because when I step into conflict, I have that fight or flight mechanism kind of kicking. But as we 
think through giving honest answers to our friends when they say, hey, did I offend you? Or, hey, have I wronged you? I think one of the easiest phrases we can uh, walk through conflict together is, we're friends, we can get through this. Um, And the way to kind of move into that is forgiving one another as God forgave us because of what Jesus did. Because uh, as, as we kind of go back to the, the metal sharpening or the sword forging metaphor, uh, think of forgiveness as the, the, dipping, the wa- uh, dipping the heated blade into the water. Because when you're going through conflict with friends, you're button heads, there's a lot of friction, there's a lot of heat. Um, forgiveness is the way to kind of cool things down, but not just cool things down, but strengthen the metal of your friendship, because that's, that's what kind of goes on when you quench the, the iron. Um, but the, the questions that we can kind of, that I really want us to think through on this point are, what are the conflicts I need to resolve? Who do I need to forgive? And the biggest one is, who do I need to ask for forgiveness from? Um, literally and metaphorically, the, the art of the sword is kind of lost in the age of firearms. Um, it's a lot faster and easier and less personal to fire conflict at one another rather than, I mean, from a distance, rather than honoring one another and addressing the issues one-on-one and uh, almost like a fencing match, like, what's your, uh, what's your side of the story? Here's my side of the story with grace and truth in love. Um, but there, there comes a time when we have to choose between what is right and what is easy. Um, and so that's when it comes to conflict, you have to choose between, am I going to lean in and respect this friendship and try to see it flourish and grow, or am I going to just run away or fight until they flee? Um, so in conclusion, I kind of want to uh, when, when I think through friendship, uh, a friendship where walking through conflict and both of us being stronger and our relationship together being stronger uh, because of le- leaning into conflict, I think of a while, a while back, way, way back, um, there was a breakup I went through and then... You know how social media is. You check in like, oh, I'm just doing it because I want to see if they're okay. Um, But we're all lying to ourselves when we do that, honestly. Um, But then I saw a friend of mine was hanging out with her. But not so not it, I, it wasn't like a thing where I thought that they were they were going to be a thing. It was, but it was more of a I had seen this person as a safe friend and seeing them hanging out with my ex so soon after the relationship, I felt like because of the association that that person, I I felt like that person was no longer safe. Everybody getting them phone calls, (laughs) which is a segue. (laughs) Um, Instead of calling my friend up or messaging him or even meeting face to face and saying, hey man, uh, this is the problem I have. I, I did the old, you know, the old sweep it under the rug method, um, and things 
got very cold. It was very icy in the friendship um, because I allowed this turmoil to seep deep within my heart and it flooded into other friendships of mine. And I became more anxious and depressed because I wasn't address, or showing this person the respect and honor that they deserved and I wasn't addressing the problems. Um, and after lots and lots of praying and uh, counsel, um, I was, they, they, they managed to reach out to me first. So they were the, be- they were the bigger man in that situation. Um, but when we finally talked it out, we did have to have that moment of, you know, we're friends, we're gonna get through this. Um, and it took some time. It wasn't just like a immediate, everything was back to normal. Uh, but because of the love and grace that he showed me because of the, the negativity that I'd held towards him and, and me having to realize how I was kind of the problem, um, the, as we continued to work it out, it became, our, our friendship became so much stronger and better because of the fact that we leaned into it. And, um, which just brings me back to the point of how God can use our friendships to forge character. Um, because Jesus could have chosen not to love his disciples. Because uh, he knew that there was going to be some of them that were going to abandon him. He knew that there was going to be one that was going to betray him. And he knew um, that when he needed them most, they weren't going to be around. But he still chose to love them. He could have chosen to not love the, the people of Israel because he knew he was going to be crucified and sacrificed for their sins. Yet he still chose to lay his life down for them. Um, we are called to live this way, to love people this way, but I want us to, to, to be very mindful that on our own, we're not able to love people this sacrificially. It's only by the love of Jesus who showed the way for us and gave us that love by sacrificing himself for us that we were able to have this kind of love for others. Because um, friendship is one of the tools that sharpens us for the battles of life. It's the antidote that God gives us to combat the poison of the division that we experience in our relationships. Because facing the challenges of friendship is where we learn to love like Jesus. So as I close tonight, I want to pray over us and our friendships. And um, if, if you're kind of wrestling with, well, I'd like to have friends that I could have conflict with, but I'm not quite there. Or I would love to have friends who will stick around through thick and thin, but I don't know if I'm there. Um, at the end of the night, out in the lobby, there's the connection lounge. They can get you connected to small groups and uh, they'll probably be able to get you... And once you're in small groups, that's, that's kind of where a lot of the, the community really starts forging. All right, so I'm going to pray for us. Dear God, thank you for giving us your love through Jesus. Thank you for Jesus' uh, example for how we should love one another. Uh, thank you for just the beautiful community that you've brought together here today in this place um, 
and that your people is not just a place, but it's, it's your people. Uh, thank you for the relationships you give us um, in order to strengthen one another and deepen our pursuit and intimacy with you. And I just pray that um, those of us who uh, are struggling in our friendships, that you will guide us with wisdom and how to love one another. And um, I pray that you will help us uh, be active and initiative in our friendships and to really lean in to loving one another on purpose. Uh, I pray that you will give us the courage to share vulnerably with our closest trusted friends. And I pray that you will um, teach us how to say no to the things that you want us to say no to and yes to the things that you say yes and amen to. And just thank you for show, I mean, giving us a way to love each other through conflict and demonstrating what forgiveness is all about. And uh, I pray in your holy, precious name. Amen.